Thank you for joining us again on another episode. I'm Heather Gray, your host. I'm a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner and certified bioenergetic practitioner. And this episode is brought to you today by Nikki, Unleash the Wellness Within. It's a non-invasive, easily affordable, and highly effective approach to optimize wellness. It's a wearable device that you puts frequency-based better life in your hands and on your wrist. And today we got super special guest, Ms. Dr. Catherine Clinton. Let's give her a, a warm welcome, a nice round of applause. Thank you for joining us today. And she's going to dive into quantum biology explained, which if you know anything about Nikki and the frequency-based, and we're talking about light and energies and frequencies, like this is, you're just, I've been following you for so long and we speak the same dorky, you know, energy frequency language. And so you just seem like an amazing guest to have on here. So thank you for saying yes. And thank you for coming on today. Oh, I am honored. Thank you so much for having me. And this is, you're right. I am a total dork about all this stuff. I love researching it. It's this, someone the other day said like, how come you're not always like scrolling on social media or you know, playing games on your phone. It's like, cause I'm researching. Learning. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's what I do. So oh my gosh, right. So it is an honor to be here and I'm really excited to just dive into it. Let's do it. So tell us a little bit about your background, a little bit about your background. Most folks I know who are in like the alternative space wellness uh, and, you know, the, the quantum field, it's usually because of their own story that got them there. So let's hear a little bit about what got you here. Yeah. And I'm no different. Um, I was in my second year of naturopathic medical school and it was sort of that initiation year, really long clinic hours. You got to be here at seven. If you're not here at seven to sign the attendance, then you uh, flunk out of the class and have to start over next year, sort of where you weed out people. Right. And it was the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back. I was diagnosed with Lyme disease. I was diagnosed with Hashimoto thyroiditis. I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. Those are autoimmune conditions that affect the thyroid gland and the GI tract and colon and uh, multiple GI infections. It was just sort of like a domino effect. And I was in the perfect place to get sick. I was at a naturopathic medical school. So I had all of that at my hands, uh, hydrotherapy and nutritional supplements and lifestyle changes. I was working up at OHSU, which is a allopathic medical school. And so I had those tools at my hands. I was across the river from an acupuncture school. So I really had all the best tools and you know, it was a long journey, but I was able to kind of put the pieces back together physically so that I could go back to school. I could still see patients in the clinic, but for anyone who's had a chronic diagnosis, they know that just getting back to that layer of, or level of productivity isn't really the end all be all of healing. Right. And so I was working with an incredible mentor, Dr. Sacha Ambrose, and she was really pushing me to look at how our emotions impact our biology. And, and the big fancy name for that is psychoneuroimmunology. And I was very resistant because I would rather have a supplement. <laughs> or... <laughs> but isn't that true? Like when I was going through the FDN program, like functional diagnostic nutrition, I was like, do this diet, take this supplement, no problem. And then people are like, no, no, you got to focus on the emotions. I was like, 
no, we're not going, no, we're not going there, no. Exactly. Exactly. And so she kept kind of connecting the dots and I was like, okay. And so looking at that, I was at the same time researching mitochondrial health, um, which we now know is really kind of at every level of disease or health. And the two of them looking at how our thoughts impact mitochondrial function just kind of blew the doors wide open on quantum biology. And quantum biology really is just the study of quantum phenomenon that we used to think was isolated to a lab, like uh, electron tunneling or coherence or the ability of a quantum particle, like a photon of light to take multiple paths. And so quantum biology is the study of those phenomenon in living systems. And it includes circadian medicine, uh, light therapies, sound therapies, frequency medicine, emotional frequencies, and how that impacts our biology. And Heather, it's so incredible because our medicine right now is so reductive. And if we think we're at the height of medicine right now, that's a really frightening thought, right? Because we're in multiple epidemics. And the beautiful thing about quantum biology is once you start looking at the flow of electrons, the flow of protons, how photons of light interact with our biology, you start to see a picture of interconnection that spans not only within our body, but to the people in our lives, to the plants in our lives, to the earth, and really to the universe, right? If we think about that cosmic radiation hitting our ionosphere and creating a flow of electrons that travels from plants to animals to every person on the planet, we start to see a beautiful picture of interconnection. And so I've never really left the quantum biology room because it is so fascinating and it opens up a picture of medicine that includes everything on earth. And I think that's really where we need to be headed with medicine instead of this boxed out medicine of, you know, this is this therapy and this is that organ and this is this cell. It really connects everything into a beautiful fabric of life. And I'm absolutely loving the research that's coming out around it. I can totally tell because you are so like lit up right now. It is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, I loved what you talked about. And it's funny because, you know, Lyme patients, especially, right? We have to really think outside of the box to get better. And I remember I was a hairstylist when I learned about Rife technology, right? And like that quantum, that that Rife technology, the frequency stuff, like I really struggled explaining how it works to people, but intuitively it was the only thing that like ever spoke to my soul. And so I've been bouncing around and playing with these different technologies for over a decade now, but still, even, even as a certified practitioner, I still don't quite have the vocab sometimes to explain it eloquently because it's just something that I get in my, in, in, in my cells. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. what do you, what do you, how do you explain this? Let's like dumb it down for the folks, you know, like the non-believers and the, and the stuff out there that kind of thinks that a lot of this stuff is, is woo-woo, right? When it is really foundationally into physics. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and we've always known that, right? When quantum physics came to be around the turn of the century in the 1900s, it was a fundamental truth. And it is arguably the most um, validated theory of physics and science out there, meaning that people have not been able to prove it wrong. And so we've always known that in a sense. And we've learned in school, like, okay, a chair is a solid chair, but in between the atoms, there's all this space. And so it's been this part of our culture, but we've really kind of kept it at arm's length from living systems, right? And so when we're talking about quantum biology, really what we're talking about is the smallest pieces of our biology interacting with the smallest pieces of our world, a photon of light, a phonon of sound, uh, the vibration of heat, of emotions, of all of these different things and how they start the gears that give rise to what we see as an enzymatic reaction or a hormonal cascade. Really, the starting point is with that interaction in the smallest, smallest pieces. It's really this beautiful unfolding of this invisible blueprint or this invisible order in the world that we can't perceive with our eyes. But finally, technology is at a point where we can start gaining evidence that this is actually what's happening. Actually, we are just a giving birth to what we see with our eyes, what we see under a microscope with these quantum interactions. It's a really beautiful emerging field and it is emerging. Um, we have dedicated quantum biology departments at places like um, UC Berkeley. We've got researchers at MIT and Harvard. You know, we have really... Um, come a long way in the quantum biology field from the start, which was the early 2000s with Fleming and Engel, and they were looking at photosynthetic bacteria. And how does the, a photon of light get to a photosynthetic reaction center to create photosynthesis, right? The basis of life on this earth. How does that happen with near 100% efficiency? If you're looking at it, you see this photosynthetic bacteria is crowded. Um, the chances for the classical physics explanation where, well, the photon goes in and it just kind of bounces around until it hits the photosynthetic reaction center and then magic happens. And it's like, actually, there's no way that that can happen. We know that every single cell in our body is completing over a hundred thousand tasks per second. And this isn't fringe science. This is well accepted everywhere, but it is impossible with the explanations that are in classical physics and quantum biology offers an explanation and an answer for why those things are possible. 
That's absolutely incredible. And I'm so curious to dive deeper because like I said, this I knew this conversation was just going to be absolutely fascinating. Mind-blowing information. I love this conversation of the quantum, of frequencies, of healing, of the connection of our emotions and how they affect our body. I remember it was so profound. I, I heard uh, Louise Hayes right speak one time and she's like, if you don't think your thoughts have anything to do with your body, she's like, think of something that turns you on. And think about the physical, right? The physical reaction that you get from thinking of turned on thoughts. I was like, that was like the most like concrete uh, example I think anyone's ever given me of, of the correlation of how our thoughts affect our biological body, right? Like it was so brilliant, so simple. Yeah, absolutely. And we can just go down the list of every emotion, right? Think of how anger increases your blood pressure, how a loving hug gives you that sense of safety and decreases your heart rate and your blood pressure. I mean, it's oxytocin. Yeah, absolutely. And we're no stranger to this. We're no stranger to walking in a room and being like, wow, I want to sit here and talk with this person for a long time, or I'm in the wrong room. (laughs) I have to, (laughs) you know, I have to get out of here. Um, So it's something we've always intuitively known, but the wonderful thing about quantum physics and quantum biology is that now we're having research that is validating this. And the wonderful thing about quantum biology, one of the wonderful things, in my opinion, is that it brings us full circle with what some of the ancient indigenous cultures always spoke about, always had ways of diagnosing and treating and looking at the body through the a quantum phase, or excuse me, through a quantum lens or a quantum um, perspective, right? The idea of energy flows and meridians, the idea of meridians has been something that's not just isolated to Chinese medicine. It's in Egyptian medicine. It's in Ayurvedic medicine. It is in South American and American medicine. It's really um, an African medicine. You have these ancient indigenous cultures talking about this, these things. There was always this intuitive knowing. And because of basically the scientific revolution, we have to see it under a microscope. And now it has to go through a peer review public uh, publication or journal for us to believe that it's a real thing. And that's where we're at now. Uh, quantum biology and the technology that's has uh, arisen in the last couple of decades allows us to bring that validation to some of those very intuitive experiences that we've all had. That's funny because that's what I was explaining at the beginning of the show, right? That I I don't explain this work very well, but intuitively, the hairstylist in me at the time, you know, under like got it, like right, like I was taking the Western medicine model for a while, and I thought they were going to kill me because they never asked if I was pooping daily. They never asked what my stress level was like. They never asked what my diet was like. They just threw napalm at this critter that's been on my body for three decades. Uh, sorry, a little over two decades, but you know, so like I said, I started looking for alternative things and then, oh, right. Oh, frequencies. Oh, energy. You know, and I I got so much crap from my family, but that's how I ended up getting better. And then now, you know, being involved with uh, Free Medica and Nikki and man, this little silly device with the red light and the frequencies, like it's so simplistic yet 
powerful. It's ridiculous. And I, I, you gave me goosebumps when you talked about bringing the indigenous right art form, because that's what it is. We're getting back to the basics yeah, in a beautiful way. Like, cause we got away from this stuff when, you know, the industrial revolution hit and we've got, you know, Rockefellers and stuff like that, who were, who were, you know, promoting vaccines and prescriptions over the, you know, apothecaries. And we, we, we got off track as humans, we got off track. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it's not that looking under a microscope and seeing things isn't a valid thing. Of course it is. But the idea that it stops there has limited us so much in medicine. And now I think that, uh, you know, really what I take away from quantum biology is that this unseen order, these things we can't see, the the invisible blueprint of the world is really what's giving rise to the things that we can see. And it's just such a beautiful field of study because it also includes that intuitive knowing, that experience experience, right? Our experiences are now valid. Again, we can say that this has a real impact on our health and we can show through studies, through, um, you know, imaging of quantum tunneling in a protein or the quantum spin in a neuron. All of these things are bringing validation back to our own personal experience. And I think both of us have experienced at a doctor's office that a personal experience has no place (laughs) in mainstream medicine. It's completely put aside. And that's one of the most um, detrimental things we can be doing doing to ourselves, to our patients, really um, discarding their own intuition and their own experience of what's happening. Oh, 110%. When I worked in the cannabis industry for a short period of time, that was a huge one, right? There was mostly anecdotal because we weren't allowed to research it because it was illegal and it was fringe for so long, but it, it was literally curing cancer and changing people's lives. But you couldn't say, you know, because it was just anecdotal, like this whole kind of a very masculine way of, of science, right? It, it, it's done us a massive disservice. And I love the fact that the pendulum is starting to swing in the other direction and we're getting more in touch with our feminine, our intuitiveness, our, right? Like the anecdotal side of it. And, you know, at some point they'll come back together and they'll merge and it'll be a beautiful thing. But right now it just, the pendulum swung in way too far one direction and, and now it needs to come back. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of the privileges I have as a naturopathic physician is that so much of what we do and have done for centuries is anecdotal, right? So I feel great about prescribing earthing or prescribing circadian medicine or prescribing things that people would say, well, we need more evidence. And it's like, well, there's actually tons and tons of evidence out there, but it's still categorized as anecdotal at times. Right. And really what, what's happening is in research and in medicine, you have this dichotomy between the powers that be and the funding that happens. So you can't get 
funding from NIH and, and other agencies, unless your research is going towards a new drug, going towards a new medical device. Um, and as a business model, that makes a lot of sense. But as a healthcare model, uh, it's left huge, enormous gaps in our healthcare system. And it's really nice to see that the pendulum is starting to come back. Speaking of pendulum, that's another woo-woo thing. <laughs> uh, but uh, dig a little deeper. So how do you use quantum biology like in your own practice? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when I'm talking with patients about their health, one of the things that I like to get across uh, right away is that we are electrical beings, right? And we can just look at how neurons function, right? We learned in our middle school biology that it is an electrical charge that goes down the axon and goes into that neural space and charges another um, neuron. And that's how they're communicating. That's how we get action. And so it's not um, so foreign to people, right? So that idea of being an electrical being has always been with us in science and anatomy and medicine. And this is something that we use in uh, measuring our brain function, EEG or our heart function and EKG. So this is something that's used in mainstream medicine every second of every day. And when we're looking at how this impacts our health, we really have to be mindful that we have an electrical charge. Our body has an electrical charge. Our organs have an electrical charge. Our tissues, our cells all have an electrical charge. And maintaining that charge is vital for health. And we see a decrease in that charge when disease starts to arise. And one of the main, uh, you know, I sort of have three pillars that are just the foundation of my practice, both personally and with my family, but also with my patients. Um, and those are maintaining our electrical charge through contact with the earth, with earthing, with grounding. I say often that the earth is the socket and we're the plug. A lot of studies out there on earthing were done 45 minutes, two hours overnight. And that's wonderful. It's great to have scientific validation. But we also know that that flow of electrons that is coming from the sea of electrons that is lining our earth, right? Our earth has a negative electrical charge. And so the minute we contact that with our body, we are able to absorb those electrons and distribute them where they need to be to maintain our own negative charge within the body. And so that is like one of the foundational things that I try to get across to again, my patients and my family and friends, because I'm always talking about this, but maintaining our electrical charge by coming in contact with the earth. We can do that with our bare feet. We can do that with our hands. We can sit on a rock that's embedded on the earth. We can sit with clothing that's conductive like silk or cotton, linen. These actually don't act as a barrier where like a, a polyester would impede that conduction of those electrons, right? Um, petting a dog that is standing on the earth is another way we can um, 
really collect those electrons and use them for biological function. And so there's many ways to do this. I mean, we have grounding shoes that I'm wearing a pair right now that I allow want us- a pair. What, what did what did you get? What brand did you get? I really love the Baha'i um, shoes. It's B-A-H-E. And I love Earth Runners. Um, so those are two that that I use and, and feel the difference with, um, for sure. And so there's so many ways that we can do this. Um, there, there are grounding pads out there. Um, there's so many ways, but my favorite is just to tell people like, before you go for a device, just experience it. Go out and touch a tree, put your bare feet on the ground, wear conductive clothing like I was talking about fabric and sit down on the grass, eat your lunch on the grass. One of my favorite things to do and to encourage people to do is create a morning routine where all of these three things are combined. So I just talked about earthing. The next one is really our circadian rhythms. Every single cell in our body has a circadian clock. And that means that every biological process in our body is circadian driven. It is driven with our relationship with the sun or, or our relationship with the light in our environment. And unfortunately, so many of us are in light environments that are not natural. They are man-made light, right? And that's very deficient in the spectrum of light that our body needs to act as a signal to initiate all these things. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about digestion. I'm talking about hormonal function. I'm talking about neurological health and mood. I'm talking about our hormonal status. I'm talking about our inflammatory state. All of these things are guided and driven and triggered by our light signals from our environment. So getting out in the sun in the morning is one of my favorite practices. You can combine this, right? So like some of us in the biohacking world know about stacking our habits <laughs> and getting outside, getting that grounding, getting that AM sun. And that third uh, tier is coherence. Our heart and our fascia is really the regulator of our ability to communicate within the body. And when we are in a state of heart coherence, the connection that our different um, organs have are much different than if we are in a state of incoherence. And this is based off a lot of research, a lot of it from the HeartMath Institute. And so if we can go outside in the morning, you know, under five minutes and connect with the earth, see the morning sun so that our body knows that it's time to wake up. It is time to initiate all those hormonal cascades of serotonin and dopamine and adrenaline and norepinephrine and get those adrenal glands going. And then at night, lowering the lights does the flip side of that. It starts the conversion of serotonin into melatonin, that rest and repair hormone accompanied with growth hormone to really repair and regenerate throughout the night. Those are creating this whole different biological state in our body. And when we look at what a heart coherence exercise 
does. And there's many of them out there on YouTube and, and whatever platform you're on that describe basically relaxed breathing. And, and we could do one right now, but it's basically- I would love for you to show us one. Okay, let's do that. Let's, let's do, do it. it. It only takes a, a couple minutes. So wherever you're at, just let's take a couple breaths and kind of get the kinks out of wherever you're sitting, kind of let those shoulders drop, um, get in a comfortable position. If you want to lay down, that's perfect as well. And let's just close our eyes and let's take a few deep breaths in through the nose, out through the mouth. And this can be any length of breathing. We want to slow it down a little bit, but whatever's comfortable for you. Let's take a deep breath and let the tension out of our temples, let the tension out of our shoulders, our neck. We're going to move our awareness into our chest, into our abdomen, letting out any tension that might be felt there. into our hips, into our pelvis and our legs, letting that tension go. And as we breathe, we're gonna bring our awareness to our heart center. And sometimes it just helps me to place a hand over my heart and bring that breath into that heart center. Letting that breath fill up that heart center and release. Again, nice deep breath into that heart center. And we're going to continue that breath and we're going to continue that awareness into our heart center. And we're going to pair it with a thought a memory, it could be a goal or a fantasy, but something that brings us joy, something that brings us a sense of contentment, something that makes us feel gratitude. And we're going to take that feeling or that memory, and we're going to actually feel that emotion and try to feel that emotion in that heart center as we breathe. One of my favorite ways to do this is to think of swimming in a cold river stream in the hot summer day and getting out on a hot rock and just letting the hot rock kind of radiate through my body and the sun do the same thing on the other side of my body and just feeling that gratitude and contentment, whatever it is that might bring you a sense of joy or gratitude. And rather than just thinking about it, let's feel that emotion in that heart center. And let's take that emotion and let it radiate out, really expand through the chest. 
And let's take one more breath and open our eyes. And that was just under two minutes. And that coherent exercise that we did, it has our neurological innervation going to our frontal lobe. Um, our heart is neurologically innervated with our brain, and that has a whole downstream cascade from our hormones, our inflammation, um, and all the different organs in our body. So combining that with some AM sunshine and grounding, those are my three that I love to really encourage my patients and my family to do to access free access, a better, more vital uh, beginning of the day, and thus overall health. So the same exercises that I recommend as well, and it's crazy how many people poo-poo it because it's too easy, right? It's not some pill. It's not some, they think everything needs to be hard and complex and expensive, and it doesn't. It's it, it, one of my favorite examples. I have my stepson had some anger issues and he was blowing up at me and I knew he was in front of a computer all day and he was just wound and he hadn't been outside. And I said, go sit outside, sit down, take your socks off. And I just want you to sit there. And he fought me on it and he went, he did it. He came back in 15 minutes later, a completely changed kid, yeah. completely changed, just getting some fresh air, some sunlight and his feet on the ground. Like it was insane how it turned that kid around. So just because it's simple, don't discredit like how powerful it can be. So thank you for bringing that in. Oh my God. I knew I loved you for a reason. <laughs> This is the uh, shameless plug time of the of the thing. What are you working on right now? What do you what have you got out there that you kind of want to want to plug and how can people find you? Well, um, I'm always working on something. So I'm right now I'm working on the Quantum Biology Wellness Summit, and that is a free summit um, to bring this information and the researchers and scientists and doctors and healers that are doing this work and just bring it out for free for people to um, get more knowledge because, you know, Heather, that's one of the things I love about free accessible ways to increase our health is that I truly believe that our medical system and our healthcare system is in desperate need of a change. And that change isn't going to come from the top down. It needs us to take these free accessible steps towards building our health and our strength and our resilience so we can go into the doctor's office and say, what about my light environment? Why aren't you talking about earthing? What about coherence, right? So I'm Dr. Katherine Clinton, and you can find me at drkatherineclinton.com. I have all kinds of free downloads. I offer courses, and I'm constantly doing something to get the word and spread this message around. So thank you so much for letting me do that today. Absolutely. And if you're not following her on Instagram, I highly suggest following her on Instagram. Her videos are, I don't, can't have any times I've told, I've cried watching the stuff that you put out there. I'm like, oh, damn it. She did it again. Like, it's just very moving, very, but very simple and very like eloquent way of, of explaining some more complex, uh, um, I'm a loss for words right now. Um, but I think you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so, no, I, yeah I, absolutely. Thank you. So yeah, make sure that you're following her on Instagram and make sure that you like, subscribe and share this podcast because that's how this type of information gets out there. So please, 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 if you've learned even just one little nugget, make sure that you share, like, subscribe. And then when you're also done, make sure to go to wearenicky.com backslash podcast and use the code BioBeats for 10% off your Nikki device. Um, thank you again for joining us. I'd love to have you back because I imagine we could dive deeper into all kinds of other subjects, uh, but even deeper yeah. into this one. So I, I have a feeling this won't be this won't be the the first time that you and I uh, get to play together. So I'm excited to learn more from you and. Uh, what you're doing out in the world is absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much. And I so look forward to the next time. So thank you. Everybody else, make sure to have a healthy day.